Chello. Welcome to Nathan's Freedom Zone. I'm uh, driving through Arkansas. You know, the land, some of the land of ignorance up in here. I stopped at a gas station and I saw a pretty scary sight. It says, the city of Imboden salutes our troops. And it all, and another thing, sign says, God bless our country. And on the sign, I see a big, uh, like F-16 fighter jet, you know, a big army tank and a big navy with guns all over it. And it uh, I r- hilariously says, God bless our country with U.S. Marines and, you know, other sigils on the sign pretty disgraceful I mean the reason is because how can you expect God to bless our country not that that's even a valid concept in the first place how can you even expect that to happen when you when our country is blowing the shit out of the entire planet with the f-16 fighters and the Navy and uh, army tanks, yeah, the army tanks have definitely caused a whole lot of damage around the world. But it's just kind of pathetic how people can be so ignorant of reality as to willfully put a sign like that on their business. And actually, I mean, you'd have to believe in that. I mean, it's not like it's a joke or something. They're probably dead serious about our country and the military and God bless it. Fuck. It's ridiculous. I saw a better sign on the inside. It said, don't forget, don't get so busy making a a living for yourself that you forget to make a life, which uh, is another iteration of a concept that has come up to my attention recently. The concept of the great play as opposed to the great work. So I talk about the great work a lot on the podcast, but actually equally as important as the great work is the great play. And they are both required and they both feed into each other. You can't have one without the other. If you fail to do the great work, then you won't be able to do the great play. And at the same time, if you never take off the work boots and just play for a while and have fun and enjoy yourself, you will burn out on the great work and you will... uh, It'll just get boring, and it'll be. You'll start wondering to yourself. You'll you'll get in a depressed mood, and you'll be like, "Why am I even here on this planet if all I'm supposed to do is the great work?" I mean, there's two sides to this coin. You're not just here to do the great work, and you're not just here to do the great play. You're here to do both the great work and the great play. So. The sign said, don't, for, don't get so busy trying to make a living that you forget to make a life. And what that means is, uh, you know, make a living, like going to work, uh, could allegorically represent doing the great work in consciousness. And making a life is kind of funny because it's how, where does life come from? It comes from sex, which is like the ultimate great play. I mean, there's work involved in sex, too, but for the most part, that's, uh, at least in my opinion, it seems to be the great play. So, 
that's a big part of uh, all of life, really, a sexual uh, play and uh, exploration. Because why, why would we even have sexual energy in the first place? I mean, yeah, you can channel it and redirect it into the great work, and that's a very, very beneficial thing to do, and that's half of what you're supposed to do with sexual energy is uh, use it to propel yourself through life and uh, to get the, the jobs done. But the other purpose of sexual energy is to create new life and have fun in the process. And there's nothing wrong with that. Part of the uh, attack in the subconscious of humanity has been to brainwash people into thinking that the great play is irresponsible and immoral and should never be done by anybody. And that includes sex as well. As they, they tell you that that's bad and, you know, the only time you're allowed to do that is if you're married. And even then, it's only for reproduction. And you're not supposed to enjoy it. That would be bad. I mean, this mainly comes from Christian fundamentalism, which is in the subconscious. I mean, you can't have a m hundreds and millions of people believing in that. And they still, to this day, will make this a sticking point. Like, I went to a Baptist church last year, and they were still just hammering on about marriage, marriage, marriage. And it was like they had, this was just an assumption they had. They didn't even question it at this point. And uh, it's a very dangerous position to take, that you have to get married before you can have sex. It's an extremely dangerous position because marriage is tied up into statism. And the government regulates and controls marriage, and they charge people money to get married, and people have to go get licenses to marry each other. And you have to have a third parties. The priest has to be involved. You have to pay... Uh, wherever whatever place you're going to have the ceremony at it's all like a, a big prison um scheme uh, i don't support it i don't think that anybody should get married in the state way not in the state licensed regulated bullshit version of marriage it's total nonsense to me and i even take it further than that i think the whole concept of two people being stuck in like a prison together forever that just sounds not quite my thing. I don't know. I mean, it's possible to do that temporarily. And maybe you could look at this one lifetime as uh, just a temporary thing. And it might work out for some. Some people might have agreed in their past lives that they want to come into this life and spend the whole fucking thing together. Because they liked each other that much. It's possible. It's possible, but to say that that's what everybody should do... Which is what Christians say. And they say anything that varies from that is a sin. They actually will say it's a natural law violation. And what that implies, again, in the subconscious, what they, the poison that they have put in there is that if, if another people are engaged in what they call sexual immorality, then, then it implies being... Just attaching the word immorality to it implies that somebody else has a right to forcefully stop and murder people if they resist. Because that's what the word immoral always means. And the state takes the same position on everything that they label immoral. They just use different language because uh, they, they, you know, they have to attack people and program them from a different perspective or a different direction. 
So they just make up their own words for words like immoral, and they'll call it Im- unlawful, is what they call it. It's the same fucking thing. Unlawful and immoral is the same thing, and it has the same impl- implications, except that there's a separate gang uh, enforcing. They're called law enforcement. There's an entire violent street gang that will enforce the law of this country, which is just moral relativism. It's just man trying to claim that he can make up the difference between right and wrong and and then dictate to everyone else on this planet what they're allowed and not allowed to do. And they'll just use, you know, right in your face, but also hidden at the same time language, like unlawful. When that directly corresponds to the uh, Christian and uh, other, you know, religious and actually natural law, you know, it's a it's a valid concept in the universe. It's just it's completely twisted and uh, perverted by these institutions and these false religious teachers, like the state and uh, the church is notorious for poisoning people's subconscious. Absolutely notorious. Suppressing sexuality, um, leeching energy off people in the form of, like, just, for example, priests used to uh, make you pay for forgiveness or something. That's just one example. Energy leeching. They scare you into thinking that you need their forgiveness, and then they sell it to you. And people still, still follow these religions after after that long of a history of being completely backwards. There you still have people choosing ignorance. It's like I, I'm driving all the way through Arkansas, and what do I see in almost every town? A McDonald's. And McDonald's is completely obsolete. I mean, it's it still shocks me that they're, they're still around. I know they're dying off a little bit. Like, their stock went down. And they had to close quite a bit of stores, as far as I know, in the last few years. But McDonald's is still a thing. And it's been the same fucking thing for, like, 60 years. Just bad food that doesn't cost much. But it's there because people are still choosing it. They still want poison. They still want to choose ignorance and ignore what the consequences, try to ignore the consequences of eating something like that. And under natural law, when you choose ignorance and you willfully ignore the truth, which almost everybody should know by now that eating at McDonald's is not going to work out well for you. If you just ignore that and, and uh, choose what the ego, I guess, it, I mean, it's the ego, the lower self in these people. What You know, they just like the taste of the chicken nuggets and the you know, the fried, God knows what, what they bred the chicken nuggets with. Who knows what that shit is? I don't even look into it anymore. Mayonnaise. It's just like a, a heart attack, you know? That's all it is. It's for people who want to die. They hate themselves so much. They just want to die. Or, you know, maybe they don't even hate themselves. It's like a paradox. It, it is. They hate themselves, but they don't. Because who really, really, absolutely wants to torture themselves? I mean, obviously a lot of people do, right? (laughs) A lot of people do, but at the same time, they don't. See, this is another thing that I've been uh, tuning into, is how many paradoxes there are. It's like all of life and every aspect of it has this paradoxical uh, aspect to it, 
where you can take two completely contradictory positions on a uh, topic and there's there's a f way that both are right in a certain way and this might not even apply to everything but it might at the same time another paradox so it's like you know the people it's it's perfectly valid to say that people who eat at McDonald's on some level hate themselves as a generalization and then it's also perfectly valid to say that that same group of people doesn't hate themselves because they don't want to die. They're just kind of sucked and trapped into this energetic poison pill that has mind-controlled them, which a lot of bad food will actually mind-control people. Candida is a perfect example. And what does Candida love? Candida, as far as I know, it loves high fructose corn syrup and it loves white bread. And that's... You know, and potatoes. Greasy fucking potatoes. Candida, I know it, would eat the shit out of that. And that's what they got at McDonald's. And whenever you feed Candida, it becomes out of balance with the ecological harmony in, in your gut. And it'll take over your fucking gut. And then it'll drill holes into it. And, it, and it'll take over your bloodstream and send these little Candida spores or something through your blood. I'm not even making this up. Like, you can look this up. They will go into your brain and they will fucking take over your brain and mind control you into craving and wanting more poison to feed it. Because it loves, loves McDonald's. And uh, if you go there enough times and just ignore reality and all of a sudden now you're fucking addicted to it. And you can keep choosing it at that point and, and continue the path of ignorance and see what happens. And... Uh, that's what McDonald's is still here for, is because we have a lot of people co continuing to choose ignorance. And even myself is doing that at some level. I'm doing it, and also I'm not. It's the paradox again. It's like both, both uh, viewpoints are valid and true to a degree. And it might even come into the law of polarity of who's choosing ignorance more than the other people and how... Like, I, I'm choosing to get out of ignorance, but at the same time, I'm choosing to remain igno in ignorance on certain issues. Like, I still get some money from the system, and I still pay taxes. And my system job has karma attached, and I'm not ignorant of that. I know there's karma, and I know it's affecting me in a very direct and obvious manner, because and in an occult manner too. I know that the karma is negatively affecting me, but I haven't chosen yet to drop it. I'm planning on choosing to drop it, and I'm also planning on getting out off the tax system, because I know that that has karma attached. Paying into a a police state that's bombing the shit out of the world, you know, feeding them their what they consider energy, which is, you know, the idol, the money idol, playing that game and, and feeding into it and choosing to pay taxes every year, that's karma, and uh, it'll manifest itself in many ways, like, you'll have to work bullshit system jobs that you hate to feed uh, the devil. So it's like, I'm still stuck in the matrix, and I'm still addicted to the system. 
But at, at lower levels, there are people below me who are way, way, way worse off than I am. And at higher levels, there are people who are above me that are way, way, way better off than I am. So that's sort of one of the mysteries of life is how can you do the great work and make room for the great play? And how can you remain balanced in both aspects? Because part of how you get addicted to the poison is by choosing the great play when you should have been choosing the great work. Because it seems like there is a rhythm in nature. I mean, there is. It's a rhythm, rhythmic balanced interchange where you have to have both uh, balanced. You have to have equal amounts of both, the great work and the, and the great play. And they come at different times. And the spirit will tell you when it's time to do the great work and when it's time to relax and forget about the great work. And let yourself recover and, you know, just fuck off for a while. This weekend I, I had a really awesome playtime. And uh, here I am on Monday doing the great work, I guess. I don't know if you even consider this the great work. It's part of the great work. But at the same time, getting unaddicted to this nonsense is really what I'm going for. And unfortunately, I'm choosing right now to go... Uh, see, I'm learning a little bit in the process. You know, you get you pick a little bit up here and there. Like, uh, I'm doing some IT work at a business. Uh, I've already learned how to program the cameras there so that they're recording and multiple cameras using a Linux operating system. And I'll, I'll be... Right now, I'm going to go down there and reconfigure all the uh, wires because they're all over the place on the computers in the office. It's a big mess, and I have to straighten it up without fucking anything up because, you, you know, I'll have to unplug a bunch of shit on the Internet, and, and the POS is in there, the sales system, and it's business hours right now, and nothing can go down. If anything goes down, then, you know, someone will come down on me, which is... So... This this job, paradoxically, that I'm doing can be looked at as a privilege and it can also be looked at as a, you know, death sentence, depending on what perspective you're taking. And both perspectives are valid in their own right. There is true aspects, probably also false aspects to both perspectives. Like, the true aspect of this job being uh, a privilege is that there's a whole bunch of other people stuck in the system who would gladly want to learn these skills and get um, decent pay, right, and, you know, better than what they have and uh, not have to do just some completely boring uh, factory job where you just do the same fucking task over and over and over again. Mind-numbing uh, assembly line shit. You know, compared to that, just unplugging a bunch of wires and trying to figure out and putting labels on them and trying to figure out how to make it orderly that that looks like fucking paradise yeah they would gladly take that job so we have one aspect of this paradox of this this job that you know you can be thankful for for the positive things about the job but at the same time don't get so obsessed with being thankful and gratitudous for everything that you start ignoring the problems because then you're back into igno ignorance and then what happens when you become ignorant is under natural law the problems get worse and worse and worse and you become enslaved and you can avoid that if you're at least aware 
of improvements that need to be made and you're aware of both sides of the coin and at the same time you don't want to always look on the negative side you don't you don't want to always look on the negative side because what that'll do is that'll get in your head that everything's fucking terrible and I've probably been there you know you swing back and forth and there's large cycles and then there's small cycles within the large cycle uh, like a sine wave one day you're thinking positive, maybe the next day you're a little more negative because maybe the spirit's telling, showing you problems the next day. Maybe some, some things manifested that require your attention to put them back in order. And then maybe that naturally will put you in a less elevated mood and that's just fine. You can't make it... See, that's almost like doing... If you do the work in that time to set yourself up in the future to ride waves to higher uh, emotions and and blast off to higher emotions and then you were like riding up a roller coaster and it takes work to push the roller coaster up to the top of the inc incline it takes work you, you know you gotta take care of everything and if anything goes wrong you'll you'll take it down a notch but if you're able to get it right at that apex right where the fun part is and then you can just let go and relax and enjoy it while it just flies down the hill at 60 miles an hour and then you're losing your electric potential you're burning it all off but that's part of it because why would you even bother pushing that cart to the top of the hill if you weren't going to ride down the other side anyway there'd be no point you know like if you if you can't have fun and just burn off a bunch of energy why do you even have energy in the first place just to torture yourself so by seeing both perspectives it can make you balanced in a It can make you more motivated when you're doing the great work because you know that at some point it's going to switch to the great play and you can recover and you know if you work harder and do the great work and don't make excuses then the great play will be that much better because you can get that cart pushed so high up the hill if you're, if you're just doing it and uh, Another funny thing is there's cycles within the cycle. Like, you can't just push the cart straight up to the top of the hill in one go. You have to take a few breaks and drink some water and do the great play a little bit in there. Maybe uh, take a break for 10 minutes and uh, check your iPhone or something. That's probably not the best thing to do. I brought a harmonica with me, so, you know, just play on your harmonica for a bit. Let the Let those cells recover and then get back on the great work when the spirit tells you that you're now you're screwing off when you could have the cart pushed back up the hill this is how the cycles cycles of life work there's cycles within cycles and then there's large cycles where you're getting that cart up to the top of the hill and you're riding it riding it down the other side in the great play and there's great work there's work cycles within the great play like say it was a snowboard and uh, you had to carry it to the top of a mountain and that would be a lot more work than riding it back down the mountain. But at the same time, there's work involved in riding it back down. If you've ever done anything like water ski or snowboard or anything like that, riding, you know, skateboarding, riding a bike, even when you're going downhill and gravity's doing most of the work and you can just enjoy it, there is a little bit of work on your part. You have to 
use the the core muscles to remain balanced and you know you have to turn at some point or you might hit a tree you got to be aware keep your head up all that is uh, requires a little bit of work but not near as much work as carrying the thing to the top of the the mountain so that, that's so so we have a large cycle the, a large work cycle with a few breaks in in there and then you get it to that apex and then on the other side you have a large play cycle that is so much more fun and the time is relative like you can it's a short infinity the amount of time that you're flying down the hill especially since you're moving so fast and uh, so aware but by the time you get to the bottom now it's time for the great work again or you could just rest down there whatever the spirit tells you just follow the spirit that's can't go wrong